This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome to Tigers in 20, a Go Tigers 247 audio podcast. Your one-stop shop for all things University of Memphis Tigers athletics. Here are your hosts, founder of Go Tigers 247, Brooks Hansen, and lead writer for Go Tigers 247, Christian Fowler. What's up, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode. I'm your host, Christian Fowler, and joining me, as always, is Go Tigers 247 founder, Brooks Hansen, and Go Tigers 247 digital content creator, Kenny Stubblefield. And Brooks is back. He missed the last episode. He was out of town with his wife, got away from from the kids and from us for a week or so, but he is back now, Um, and as we were talking about before we started this episode, there's not much going on right now. Football didn't play last week due to COVID issues with Navy, a little bit of basketball stuff going on with the season starting next week, but Brooks, what are we going to talk about today? It's pretty dry right now. Well, I got away from you guys, I got away from the kids last week and I also got away from election day. So let's talk about politics. <laughs> How about not? Uh, hey, we can get like it. The, we can get into it if you want to. No, nope, let's, <laughs> let's not. Uh, everybody listening right now gets the joke. We, uh, we abstain from politics on the board. We're going to do it here today as well. Um, but yeah, I mean, it feels like that's the only real news going on right now. Tigers football, uh, still not playing another game, COVID still interfering in the season. Um, so really, the only news is to talk a little bit of basketball, basketball recruiting, uh, what's coming up for the Tigers, and then maybe tease where Memphis goes from here with the rest of the football season. So uh, I guess let's start with signing day. Memphis last week got all four of their guys for the 2021 class signed and officially sealed and delivered. Um, I guess who was first? It was Josh Minot was first, right? No, Jordan no, Nesbitt. No, Jordan, Jordan Nesbitt first. First, last Wednesday morning, early in the morning, put his, uh, his pen to paper, made it official, then Josh Minot. And then the duo from Philadelphia made it official on Friday, how important is this? You know, what 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 do Memphis fans take away from all four signees signing early? So I think I think a lot of people might overlook how big of a deal this actually is, and I feel like us as a group have talked about this almost ad nauseum up to this point, uh, and it's a point that I've tried to make a lot because I I really think the way that the staff handled the 2021 class is a big deal. Because we've seen them miss out on guys like Jalen Green, Greg Brown, multiple other guys. We've also seen them land commits late in the process like Lester Quinones and Precious Achiwa. But that is a dangerous game to continue playing year in and year out because you risk losing out on guys, which can affect, obviously, the you know next season's roster. Fortunately, after they missed out on Jalen and Greg, they were able to go get transfers in Landers Nolly and DeAndre Williams. But it's difficult when you're playing that game, waiting down to the end and seeing what's going to happen. 
So instead of doing that this year, I think the staff has put themselves in an incredible position. They've locked up four of their guys. They can take the next few months. They can dig down deep on some prospects that they've been on for a while or identify new talent. Look at that over the next couple months. Try to get involved if they feel like they have a chance. Um, keep an eye on the transfer market. Monitor the transfer market. See what they could potentially get there. So I think they're in a in a perfect position. I love the way that they recruited this class. We've talked about it a lot, how they recruited specifically to their team, to what they needed. Got those guys, got them locked in for next year. And can already start, you know, talking to those guys, letting them know how they're going to fit in. Um, and then as this season progresses, obviously they'll they'll have a better idea of who's going to leave, who's going to stay, and how those guys can fit in. So I love it. I think it was great for them to get everybody locked up last week. I think an underrated part of it too is that with having those four guys locked up, you're going to see growth and development in their games over their final high school season. Um, in a way that is going to be different than what we've seen in the past because the recruiting is done for them at this point. They've signed their NLIs. They're they're ready to go. They're coming to Memphis. They're going to be on campus. And one of the one of the characteristics that this staff has proven it out proven out to be extremely good at is at player development. You know, you see all the recruits that they talk to. They talk about how the staff will put together videos of of plays and and go through film and things like that with them. Um, you're going to see specific qualities and parts of their games being pointed out right now that they can develop over the next year in high school that that will be that that they know when they step foot on the campus at the University of Memphis that they'll be able to um, you know have have already kind of either taken their strengths and made them even stronger or taken some of those weaknesses and made them stronger at the same time. Um, strengths that are going to specifically fit the University of Memphis and their basketball program and what they need them to do. And so that's a huge part of it as well, I think, is that these guys are going to have the opportunity to um, to get a, a um, pretty substantial amount of growth in their game um, with – Cody Toppert, Penny Hardaway, Tony Matlock's eyes on them already because they're already signed. Brooks, I think Kenny brings up an interesting point, and this is something that it, it I feel like it doesn't really get talked about. Guys, some guys, not every player, some high school recruits get very distracted by being recruited, being called up and talking to coaches and taking visits, obviously not this year because of COVID, but you know, taking visits, talking to coaches, worrying about what school they're going to go to. How much does it help these four guys that they have, they're pretty much going to play a distractionless year of basketball in terms of being recruited by other schools and having to worry about impressing coaches and stuff like that? Oh, 100%. And what's interesting is that the DNA of all four of these guys already kind of gives them the predisposition of not really giving a f about what other people are doing, saying, the the kind of the talk about them, the you know, coaches, they they almost don't want to mess with the outside noise. They're no and nonsense guys. No nonsense. All all four of them. And that's from getting to know these guys through their people, through the interviews that, that we've done with them, the time that we've spent on the ground with them. Um and and just you can tell it in their demeanor. They just don't really mess with all that they, they're kind of like gym rats they love the game of basketball all of the extra noise 
they don't want to mess with. So highly beneficial. The other thing is that people don't realize this, but once a national letter of intent is signed, the school can begin the process of getting that player put through the NCAA clearinghouse. They, they begin to act as an agent on behalf of the student with the clearinghouse. So all four of these guys now get to start that process early, go ahead and go through the NCAA clearinghouse, get, get everything squared away, make sure their academics are good. If they need any advisement on their classes to be able to be eligible, the university of Memphis can begin doing that. Um, so that's extremely important. For, so, for example, a guy like Sam Ayumide uh, Anu, who's, you know, he's from overseas. Overseas guys are complicated. He's been, he, he detailed it in his commitment video with us. He's been to Houston, to Florida, to Houston, now to Philly. It's going to be complicated. So it's going to be important that the University of Memphis has plenty of time to look at his transcripts, his grades, make sure that all of his things line up so that he can go ahead and get through that process so that whenever it comes next August, September, or even before that, uh, June, July, if he wants to early enroll, he's good. I have a question for you, Brooks, because this brings up a <clears throat> a fascinating point to me. Um, you talk about overseas players, foreign players, guys like Sam, uh, guys like uh, Musa, um, you know, how the the clearinghouse procedures and, and that whole thing can become convoluted because of you know having to find transcripts and things like that sam came to america when he was 13 years old um how far back does the clearinghouse process go in terms of a player like that well really all they're looking at is your four four plus years of high school uh, prep school leading up to your enrollment um, the reality is that the NCAA doesn't care what you made in fourth grade. You know, they don't care if you got an E in conduct, uh, in fourth grade. So, um, you know, that's what they're really looking for is those four years. Uh, you know, they're looking at things like to make sure that your student visa is in check. If you're, a, uh, an overseas student to make sure that all of your, uh, birth certificate, all of your documents as a foreign national in the U S as a student, or all your I's are dotted and T's are crossed. And that's no different for any player. Getting on board early helps a ton. Uh, if he were to wait and just enroll in August like Musa did, that would be complicated. Um, so, you know, it's just makes things so much easier on the University of Memphis, the basketball staff, and the academic advising staff. And I think we've seen over the last couple of weeks, we've been seeing videos of uh, Josh Minot. We've seen, seen videos of Jordan Nesbitt um, over the last couple of weeks since everything has been um, dealt with in terms of their uh, their NLIs and things like that. They're producing on the court in a pretty fantastic way right now. I think you posted a stat line of Jordan a few days ago, and then we've seen some video highlights of, of Josh playing and you can tell kind of going back to what Christian was talking about being just uh, like a distractionless season of basketball these guys are they're no joke and they're not playing around right now especially even I mean even on this like real tight window of of um 
summer basketball, winter basketball before the actual high school season starts, they're not playing around right now. They're playing some good ball. Yeah, the the other night Jordan Nesbitt finished his second game uh, in Arizona as a part of the grind session tournament that's going on down there. 32 points, eight rebounds, two assists, one steal, one block. Josh Minot was a part of the uh, Pangos All-American camp that was held two weeks back. And in the uh, the semifinal game, he had a big-time stat line. All I remember is that 22 points is the main part of it. I think he had seven rebounds as well. Um, so, yeah, I mean, these guys playing good ball. It's going to be interesting to see how much basketball these guys actually get to play. Um, so, with that said, let's take a quick break here from our sponsors, and we'll be right back. Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at newbalance.com. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Celsius. All right, welcome back, everybody. Sorry for that abrupt break. I uh, I realized that my my break was just like, okay, let's go to commercial. <laughs> uh, so we're back. We're not going to cut you off uh, out of nowhere, but let's talk a little bit more basketball. Memphis recruiting is on hold for a little while. They can wait. Be patient, like Christian said earlier. So really, the the next big thing for Memphis is their season actually appears to be starting next week on the 25th, right? 23rd? 23rd? 25th. 25th. Yeah. 25th, 25th. Wednesday. That's right. Um, and things right now are up in the air in terms of what the season's going to look like, who they're playing. The non-conference schedule still is not out and released, and we're you know a week out from the season weirdest thing ever right and we still don't even know for sure like who all is in the crossover classic because it feels like any given day somebody could be added or dropped uh it's super weird brooks i want to do something real quick i want to do something real quick all right shoot put yourself in the position of a 18 19 20 year old college player and i want you to we're sitting down and we're having a meeting and we're going to go play in the Bahamas. Oh, wait. No, we're not. We're going to go to South Dakota. How, how are you feeling right <laughs> now? <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh gosh. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean that's uh that's the ultimate catfish, you know. <laughs> you got that player got completely catfished. Uh, you get this beautiful ten, and she shows up and she's a four. Uh, <laughs> oh gosh! So, yeah. I mean, not I'm not saying South South Dakota's that bad, but I mean compared to the Bahamas, <laughs> it is. But hey, it's basketball. We're talking about playing basketball. And, and for me, the interesting storyline for Memphis going into this is what will their lineup look like? Uh, historically, for me, it's very interesting looking at the way that Penny Hardaway chooses starting lineups, his six-man rotations. Uh, some people criticize it, but he is definitely all over the place with how he plays players, uh, very sporadic, some some games certain players will get a ton of run next game without really any kind of indication as to why they don't get as much run um so going into this first game against St. Mary's I would not be shocked if Memphis's starting lineup looked extremely unconventional compared to on paper what most fans would expect I mean do you disagree with that what do you think no, I completely agree. And let's think about it in these terms. Typically, they have, what, the two scrimmage games against Lemoyne Owen and Christian Brothers. And in those games, in Penny's first two years, he did a lot of experimenting with lineups, throwing different guys in there. Some guys that probably didn't even play together for the rest of the season because it didn't work out in those games. Uh, and then after that, uh, I know last season their schedule was a little bit harder at the beginning of the year, uh, but they still had some cupcake games at the beginning with South Carolina State. So they had games even into the regular season over the past couple of years where they could play with lineups and and see what they were working with with rotations and minutes. And this year you really don't have that luxury. And I know it's not Ohio State that they're playing in the first game anymore, which is a very good team. But still, St. Mary's isn't a team that you want to just trot some random lineup out there and see what sticks. So this year is going to be a little bit more unconventional because there weren't scrimmage games. There weren't easy games to start the season you're playing in a tournament where you start off against St. Mary's, then you have either Texas A&M and West Virginia the following day. So you're going to be playing at least decent competition. I know some big-time teams have dropped out of this tournament. It's not not as great as it was uh, you know, a month or so ago, but you're still going to be playing quality teams. So they're going to have to figure that out uh, a lot quicker than they have in years past. Yeah, so, I mean, really, I don't know who Penny goes with from a starting lineup perspective. Um, just cause from people I've spoken to watching the scrimmages in practice, different guys are rotating through different teams, mixing up lineups. I could totally see Alex Lomax starting at the point guard spot. He's kind of a veteran leader. He understands Penny's offense. He's probably the least turnover prone and probably the most pure point guard of all of Memphis's, you know, quote unquote point guards. So I could totally see him. I think uh, Landers and DJ probably have spots at the three and the four uh, locked up. Then I think depending on things that happen over the next week, you could totally see the two guard spot or the, the center spot change depending on how things play out. And um, so it's going to be very, very interesting to see how Memphis plays in a controlled environment with no fans, three games, three days, uh, with a lot of a lot of new pieces, um, 
and still no word on DeAndre Williams' waiver. And um, just from speaking to people close to the program and around the country, I think DeAndre Williams' waiver was expected. Um, I think they, they totally expected to get that back already. And for multiple reasons, still no word. And so Memphis could go into, I would say not even could, I think more than likely we'll go into next week without DeAndre Williams at this point. I think, you know, in terms of a decision from the NCAA, I think it will be, you know, at least the week after they get back from South Dakota. Um, Just from knowing what all is going into his waiver, some of the different things that have been asked by the NCAA. So, you know, that's going to be tough for Memphis. They they expected big things from DeAndre Williams. Um, So I could totally see him being out next week. Um, So, yeah, Memphis has a lot to prove in South Dakota. But the bottom line for me is, hey, it's basketball. I'm just excited to watch college basketball, period. Um, So hopefully – Hopefully, some of the coaches around the country that I'm talking to are wrong, and we do have a season. Uh, Kenny, how crushed would you be if we got into December and the season got canceled? Listen, man, I'm already – I was talking to Christian earlier before we started started recording, and I'm already antsy about the fact that we might not be able to be there to – actually film games and cover games and things like that based on COVID restrictions. Uh, but if we didn't have, if we didn't have a actual games, man, I don't know. Like it would be devastating. 2020 has already been a crazy year. Um, it already feels weird with football, you know, kind of games being canceled. And I was looking at the ESPN schedule the other day and it had all these games postponed, 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 postponed. And that's just, it's just weird. And so if we didn't have basketball, I refuse. I'm, I'm not going to go there. I'm not going to have that conversation just yet. Uh, because every all signs point to that basketball is going to happen. Um, but I would be but if, we, if, if we If we've learned anything from the college football season, it's that every game that is scheduled is most certainly not going to be played. And I think, Everyone can agree on that, even if the season does happen and looks like it's going the right way. I think we can all agree that games will get canceled. Everything's not going to go according to plan. The NCAA has been able to kind of monitor that with the college football season and see how how that's panned out this year. And it hasn't been great. Some weeks have been better than others. Uh, This past week in particular, the SEC got hit hard. I think they had four or five games canceled. So it's going to be interesting. It's going to be just like the football season from week to week. We won't have any idea who's playing as far as players go or as far as teams go. So it's going to be an odd season just like it has been for college football this year. I mean, just look at the Ivy League. They've already shut down winter sports, no basketball for Harvard and Princeton and all the schools that, you know, big primetime college basketball teams. But then you've also, just today, Delaware shut down all basketball operations due to COVID. Um, You know, you've got teams out west, New Mexico, New Mexico State, that are talking about relocating their entire team for the entire season to play in essentially their own bubble. It's just mind-blowing that the daily chess game that we watch trying to see these college programs try to get one step up on COVID. 
and it just feels like it's always right there on their heels. You know, it feels like you're watching a really good chess player, like, and you think that you're tricking the other player and it's just right there always. Um, so I don't know, fingers crossed, knock on wood. We're having college basketball, at least as of today, next Wednesday, we will get to watch the University of Memphis Tigers. Let's take one more quick break. We'll come back, wrap this thing up on the other side. Everyone is talking about if. I'm going to go to Lynn Human. I like it. I love it. It's original and heartfelt. Ta-da! And the must-see comedy of the summer <laughs> that's perfect for the whole family. This is just so exciting. If. Ready PG. Now playing in theaters. CBS Tonight. TV's hottest show is Fire Country. I'm not a hero. I'm in orange for a reason. They're taking 12 months off your sentence. You're free. Lady. With a special epic season finale. Now that I'm out, I need something to get me up in the morning. You are a firefighter. You used to be. That will be unforgettable. In the name of your life's happiness, go get your girl. She's getting married tomorrow. Says, when do you let anything get in the way of what you want? The Fire Country season finale tonight, 9, 8 central on CBS and streaming on Paramount+. Plus. everybody and to close out the show we're gonna finish on a little bit better news than we ended that last segment that, one took with, a, that last segment uh, took a dark turn bro <laughs> it took it took a dark turn but we're gonna lighten it back up because wednesday today which is the day this podcast will be released is the 2020 nba draft it's finally happening typically kenny what july is typically when the nba draft is yeah it's in july right yeah so we're months away from that, obviously, with the way that everything went. This is going to be one of the most difficult times to ever be a rookie because typically you have uh, summer ball, summer league to play and kind of get ready. When does training play camp? When do, pros. when do pros? When do the NBA start the training camps up? It it's it's got to be it's got to be right after the draft because the season starts, I believe, December twenty second. So That's uh, these rookies are are going to be baptized by fire, thrown straight into it. Basically, get a month to train with their team, and then they have to play professional basketball. So it's going to be an unprecedented year for rookies. It will not be easy for them to adapt. So I wouldn't be surprised if we see some early struggles. But fortunately, I think Lamelo Ball. I think Lamelo Ball is probably going to have the easiest transition to the NBA. I think he's a fantastic player. <laughs> there's no sarcasm in that statement is there just a little bit yeah Kenny if you ask uh, Bleacher Report and House of Highlights they they think he's going to be a perennial all-star off the rip so they would agree with you there um, but no not a fan of LaMelo Ball let's talk about the Memphis guys before uh, before we get off on a tangent of me raging about LaMelo Ball so this will be the first time since 2012 that Memphis has had a player taken in the draft First time since 2006 where they've had two players taken in the first round. So I know some people have had qualms about James Wiseman and said this and that. It doesn't matter. This is a huge day for the University of Memphis, regardless of if he would have played a whole season or the three games that he did play. This is a big day. This is a big moment for the university because they will both be representing the University of Memphis. But let's talk a little about where we could see them landing. I think James Wiseman is obvious. I've been looking at a ton of mock drafts over the past couple weeks 
pretty much the consensus number two overall pick to the Golden State Warriors if they stay where they are and they don't trade. I know there have been some rumors surrounding that. So I think if they stay at number two, that's the logical fit. And if you're a Memphis fan or a James Wiseman fan or even a Warriors fan, can you imagine a lineup of James Wiseman, Draymond Green, Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, and I think they still have Andrew Wiggins too. So that's a tremendous lineup, and I think they also have a max contract available. So uh, that Warriors team, we you know if you if you watch basketball, you know how great they've been over the past few years, minus last season, and now you throw James Wiseman into that mix. Um, well, and if that's you a, look at James's skill set, what does he do better than any other big man in the game right now? And that's run the floor. His agility running the floor is is what sets him apart as a big man and with the way and they play in transition it's a perfect fit come on it's a perfect fit it's a perfect fit I, I i see a lot of draymond green to james wasman rim runs dunk on a fast break like that's it's going to be that's going to be an awesome um place for him to land if that's where they decide to to stay at the number two pick. and and that's the thing like I, I know we've heard the rumors about them potentially trying to go get another star player but it's just, I feel like that's too hard to pass up on. The the amount of draft capital and player capital in general that you have to give up to get a player, this is coming the day after. Um, the Bucks just gave up three first-round picks for Drew Holiday, along with Eric Bledsoe and George Hill. The amount of, of capital you have to give up to get a star player, and Drew is not the level of some of the players that the Warriors have been talking about getting. It simply makes sense to stay put there and take a guy who could potentially be an all-star, all-pro player if he reaches his potential. So I love the fit. I've loved the fit the entire time. I think if he ends up in Golden State, he could he could end up winning a ring pretty quickly there. Well, first thing is he fills a need on that roster. They've never had a big, and he, even absolutely. when they've won championships. He fills a need in an easy yeah. way. It's a no-brainer. They, they He fits, and they've got the perfect spot to get him. You know, James Wiseman made it very clear he's not even talking to the Timberwolves. Uh, Brooks, how did you feel want, about that? How did you feel about? I thought it was weird. Uh, honestly, it didn't seem like a James Wiseman thing at all. It didn't. It, that had to be agent controlled, if I'm being honest. Um, you know, and, and and really, in looking at the interview that James Wiseman did yesterday. With with uh, Nick Friesdel or Frisdel Friedel, however you say his name, with ESPN, uh, he straight up said he he's ready to play for whoever's willing to draft him. So that's contradictory. It goes against what was released before. But I, I either way, I still feel like he's not near as good of a fit with the Timberwolves as he is with Golden State. Just flat out, period, and. You know, so dropping from first pick to second pick is a massive amount of money for James Wiseman to lose out on. But reality is getting yourself into a system, into an organization that develops players that has a chance to win uh, is getting back a lot of pieces next year. And being good from the jump is a really big deal. Um, The Golden State Warriors are absolutely the perfect spot for James and there's not often do you get to be the number two draft pick top five you know consensus top five pick and get to go to a team that's bringing that has Steph Curry uh, defensive player of the year and Draymond Green one of the best shooters of all time and Clay Thompson and then a, a for a for a former number one pick in Andrew Wiggins I mean that's 
you very rarely get to be put in a position like that. So while he would be losing money if he's not the number one pick, I think in terms of longevity and career and the opportunity to win championships, like Golden State is the perfect spot. Well, and that's a, it that, seems very clear where he's going, right? Right, right. And that's a storyline in any sport, like Kenny said. I mean, you look at any professional sport. If you get drafted, if you're lucky enough to get drafted by a good team, your career is typically better. Uh, you, you don't struggle off the rip. Even though he won't be necessarily the number one guy on that team, he should have a good career from day one. That's a team that's won or went to championships with guys like Andrew Bogut, Kavon Looney, and Festus Azeli playing the five, and you put a guy with James Wiseman, you unique skill set in there. It, you know, you can kind of you can kind of start to picture where that goes when you put a seven-two guy that can run the floor, shoot threes, and dominate down low on that team with guys that love shooting threes. Well, so moving on, Precious Achiwa, Memphis. Is this star is a fun one. Year. This is a fun one to talk about. It's all over the board. I mean, there there are literally probably five different spots where you could see Precious Achiwa uh, landing. Three of those probably in the lottery, which is a massive deal for the University of Memphis. So, Kenny Christian, I'm going to let you guys toss it up. Uh, Christian, I'll let you go first. What's the number one, the, the highest spot that you could see him going and why? So number nine to the Wizards, um, I, I don't love the fit. I think he could excel there. I think he could play well there, but I don't I don't love it because of what they have on roster. We just talked about playing with a talented team, with a talented nucleus, and how it can help a player, especially a player that's considered to be a, a somewhat raw prospect. Um, going to a team where he's going to be relied on more could be detrimental for him down the road. You look what they have, they'll bring in John Wallback, who's obviously a great point guard. Don't know what's going to happen with Bradley Beal. There's been a lot of He of might not even be there anymore. Him. He might not even right, be there. Right, they, they could trade him. So there's been a lot of rumors surrounding that. Uh, their number one pick last year, Rui Hachimura, he was decent. He was nothing special. Very good player at Gonzaga. Uh, I mean, he's pretty much a 10-10 you know, guy. I don't think he's ever going to be anything extremely special. So when you look at what they have there, I don't, I don't love it. I think he would get probably the most playing time there, uh, but I think that could, that could be somewhat detrimental to his career because of the talent they have on roster. And I'm not a big, a big fan of the culture, the franchise culture that Washington has. Like I think that they are parentally in the lottery draft pick for a reason. And and so for somebody that's raw, for somebody that has a very very clear skill set, defined skill set that just needs a chance to grow and a chance to 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 blossom in that, Washington just does not seem to be a great place for him. Yeah, and the next team would be the Suns at number ten. And Kenny, we we like that fit a lot better. What do you what do you like about that one? Well, I mean, you're instantly coming in and you have DeAndre Ayton at the five and Devin Booker at the two. Devin Booker's a monster. Like that guy, I mean, and he showed out in the bubble this this last um these last few months. I mean, he just he he was I think aside from maybe Damian Lillard was probably the most dominant player in the bubble um while he was there. Um and then they added uh Chris Paul, one of the best leaders in the NBA, one of the best culture guys in the NBA. And then 
let's just be real. The coach, um, assistant coach at Oklahoma City, now is the guy at at Phoenix. What's his name? Um, oh, Dad Gum. It literally continue was, on. I'll, I'll it, fill it, us it in. was in. It was in my head as soon as I started talking about it. It went away. Um, but he uh, clearly is a player's guy. Like Kevin Durant loved playing underneath him at Oklahoma City. Um, Mont- is it Monty Williams? Monty Williams. Thank you. Um, yeah. Culture wise, and then man, I saw I saw earlier today Kendrick Perkins was on the TV talking about how he thinks that Phoenix is going to instantly be a top five team in the NBA next year. And that's incredible seeing where Phoenix has come from. They have a lot of young pieces. They have some athletic guys. Um, and then they have a guy like Devin Booker who's just otherworldly talented. And they love to run. And I think that that would be an awesome place for Precious to to land in. Yeah, and what does that team need? Defense. And what does Precious immediately bring is a defensive presence. So I love that fit as well. But the next one is my favorite, has been my favorite for months and months now. Uh, is number 14, Boston Celtics. First of all, you have one of the best coaches in the NBA, one of the, the the brightest coaches in the NBA. And then you have a roster that has the potential to be a top three team when you look at uh, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, uh, Marcus Smart, who am I missing, Kenny Gordon Kim, Hayward? Kimball Walker. Kimball Walker. I mean, that team, that team is loaded. Uh, They are set up for years and years to come. And to get a guy like Precious, and this is what I'm talking about, when you take the pressure off of a player's shoulder, especially a young player in a weird offseason, which is exactly what this is going to be, what I mentioned a minute ago, when you take all that pressure away from Precious Achiwa and you say, you know, we don't have, we don't expect you to come in and play 30-plus minutes a game and be dominant. We have all these dudes that are going to score you don't have to worry about scoring. Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, Kimball Walker are going to handle that. You don't have to worry about that. We need a guy to play the four and the small ball five that are going to come in, play well, play defense, get buckets down low. Basically, what, what I could see him being if he goes there is what Daniel Tice was last year, but a more athletic player who is probably who definitely has the potential to be a better player on both ends of the floor Daniel Tice did have a good year last year, but Precious offers so much more upside and athleticism that if he ultimately was to take over that role, you know, midway through the season, like I said, I think it's going to take him some time with what's going to happen, only having a month or so with the team. But that's where you could see him taking over midway through the year, right before a playoff push where he comes in and is, and everybody's looking around and saying, okay, this dude has transformed the way this defense plays because he's that good on the defensive end of the floor. And he's also good for 8 to 12 a night because he's so athletic and so good at finishing down low. So I love that spot. Uh, you know, if if I'm going rooting straight up for Precious Achiwa, that's that's where my hope is that he lands. Well, the Celtics also bring something very positive for the outlook this year and for future years. And that's they've got three first-round draft picks this year. They've got number 15 or number 14, number 27, I think, and number 30. So they're they're they've got a chance to load up on some good talent with Precious, and he just fits that team's mentality so much that just kind of like they honestly they they kind of have a throwback Detroit Pistons vibe to them right now, like that yep. physical, tough, uh, you know, almost almost too physical at some sometimes, but you know, Precious, uh, he's definitely that type of dude, a workhorse kind of guy. He He's really almost like a four slash five version of 
you know, some of their their guys that they've got at the guard spot right now. He's he's a six he's a six nine Marcus Smart. He is. That's he's exactly right. A little bit out of control at times, high motor, extremely tough and physical. Um but you know, he, he does things for them that they don't have on roster right now. So they've got a chance to get better with their draft. Uh, I think they're one of those teams that could either win the draft, like hands down, they want it uh, based on who they pick with their three picks. Or people could be looking up in a couple of years and being like, they picked who with number 27? <laughs> uh, so, you know, I think that's a great fit. I also think Phoenix is a really good fit. I think, uh, you know, with Kelly Oubre being a part of that trade, I think he's got a chance to – Precious has a chance to add some more offensively to the Suns that than he does to Boston. Boston has a lot of really good high-level scoring guards. Um, but, you know, Phoenix is also bringing in Chris Paul, who <laughs> who's not afraid to shoot the ball. So, um but, you know, playing alongside one of the best point guards to ever play the game in Chris Paul has got to be something that's really enticing for a guy like Precious Achua. Uh, you know, Precious runs the floor extremely well, and I can only imagine running on the floor with Chris Paul. Uh, Not even just running the floor, but running pick and rolls. I mean, oh, Chris, yeah. Chris Paul is an amazing pick and roll yes, um, he is. The facilitator. Yes, he is. So he, I mean, he comes off, he's got that little jumper in the lane that he does that he gets the per, he gets his player on the back. If the guy goes over the screen, if he goes under, then Precious can just dive to the basket. And you've got Precious and DeAndre in Phoenix that can both just go straight to the basket Imagine getting five lobs from Chris Paul throughout a game and just yamming it on dudes like that. Well, and then and then when they start cheating, stepping out and shooting. Come on, uh, because guess what? Precious Achua for for those paying attention on a national level uh, that didn't watch Precious at Memphis, he can shoot the ball. Anyone saying that he's been quote unquote working on his shot. And that his shot looks as a lot if better. It, as if it's a weak point yeah. of his game, right? Yeah, he's always been a, a you know above average shooter. He shot thirty three percent as a freshman, playing an absurd amount of minutes, being you know on tired legs, being the main five man for the University of Memphis. Uh, now, is the is the mid range shot his best? No, but I think at the rim and from twenty two plus feet, he's really good. And anybody who who could not see that in his one year at Memphis uh, was not paying attention. So, well, one of the benefits it. of one of Go the ahead. benefits of sitting on the floor and watching games, as I was photo- uh, taking photography for the team, not for the team, for the site covering the team, um, was being able to watch Precious's jump shot pretty pretty much up close and personal. And and I've always said this, we've said this from the beginning. We did a big long thing on Precious Achua months ago. Um and we talked about his jumper in particular. And the big thing for for Precious is just his hips. You get his hips solid. And and in the videos that we've seen over the last few months of him working out, it feels like to me, now we're not in a game type situation, so so you know, things speed up and and you know, there tends to be a little bit more jitters when there's someone coming at you. But, you know, when when Precious's hips fall off to the right side, that's when you know the shot's not going to go in. But when his hips stay firmly planted and they go straight up and down parallel to the floor or perpendicular to the floor, 
it's over. He's going to knock it down because his jumper, his jumper so far up over his head that at six, nine, when he jumps, man, he gets it up there. It's very hard to, to intimidate that shot. Precious missing shots was all about his form and his form was in his lower trunk in his, in his hips area. And so if he can keep his hips from falling off, his jumper's fine. His jumper's great. Yeah, and we got one more team before we get out of here. I know we're running a little bit long because when you get us talking about specific things like this, we can go pretty long. Uh, but last one, and this one's really sneaky to me. Uh, if he ends up falling past Boston at 14, I love this fit as well. Number 17 with Minnesota. I didn't love it when I first saw it, but me and Kenny actually talked about this on the phone earlier. When you think about what Minnesota has, they have one of the best centers in the league in Carl Anthony Towns, a guy with a ridiculous amount of potential, will be one of the best centers in the league for years to come. What they have at the point guard, two guard, and D'Angelo Russell, who is, a to me, still a very underrated playmaker in the NBA. So you got them too. Josh Okoge coming from Georgia Tech, who was a, who's a super athletic guy, still raw, but made plays. Uh, Jarrett Culver, who was their first-round pick last year, who we know is a defensive stalwart, especially at Texas Tech. He was an incredible defensive player. So when you look at the athletic, the young athleticism that that team has, it's very, very exciting. What he could look like there as well, potentially playing next to Carl Anthony Towns, you know, in between Carl Anthony Towns and Jarrett Culver. So I think that's a sneaky good fit if that ended up happening. Um, and also, you got to think they have the number one overall pick, and if they're smart and they take Anthony Edwards instead of Lamelo Ball, they would have D'Angelo Russell at the one. Anthony Edwards, Jarrett Culver, potentially Precious Achiwa at the four, and Cat at the five. Uh, I I love the way that that team could potentially work out. Minnesota could turn their whole team around in one year if they draft the right way. So that's another sneaky good fit that could be exciting for a guy like Precious Achiwa. I don't see Precious falling that low, though. I'll be honest. I, I don't um, either. Yeah, I don't either. I mean, honestly, I think he's got a better chance of of going in the top ten than he does slipping that low. So. Either well, way. I'll say this. I'll say this real quick. I'm a big 2K guy. I love to play 2K. And Jarrett Culver and D'Angelo Russell are monsters in that game. The the NBA 2K guys, they love both of those players. And so if <laughs> that has neat that's neither here nor there. But also for Memphis Grizzlies fans, um, the Memphis Grizzlies just won the national cha- or the, the world championship in my season of of 2K. So with the roster they have now. So the, the horizon is good for the Memphis Grizzlies if you consider 2K being a real thing. Well, either Sorry. way. Sorry about either that. Either way. I'm not going to get on the Grizzlies. I'm not going to – we're not going there because this podcast needs to end. <laughs> either way, either way, wherever Precious Achievement lands – it's it's set to be a tremendous night for the University of Memphis. Hopefully for Precious Achiwa's bank account, he goes in the in one of those nine, ten, or fourteen spots because the lottery is where it's at from the money perspective. So guys, that's all I've got. Y'all got anything else? I'm good. We're good. All right, that's a wrap. Thank you for listening to Tigers in 20. If you enjoyed this episode, we would love for you to leave a comment and a rating wherever you download your podcasts. If you are interested in daily content all about the University of Memphis athletic program, please hop over to www.gotigers247.com. 
Articles are uploaded daily, and you can join the Go Tigers 247 family by signing up for the VIP membership for even more behind-the-scenes information. 